If you would, please turn with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, as we'll be looking at verses 5 to 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 5 to 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 5 to 14. Please then hear with me the reading of God's Word. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful. In the day of adversity consider. God has made the one as well as the other. So that man may not find out anything that will be after him. Thus far is a reading of God's word. Well, our text uh, this evening picks right back up uh, considering the same uh, matter that we began looking at uh, two weeks ago. In verses 1 to 4, Solomon told us about what is better for man. He said that uh, a good name is better than precious ointment, that the day of our death is better than the day of our birth, that uh, to be in the house of mourning is better than to be in the house of feasting, and that sorrow is better than laughter. And now here, in verse 5, he continues on that theme saying, It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. Uh, Now what's clear in these uh, proverbial sayings is that uh, what we can see is that uh, attention is being directed toward uh, the difference between someone who is wise and someone who is a fool. Uh, last time we were together in the evening, uh, in the first four verses, those words wise and, and fool were only uh, used one time apiece. But in our text today, and in particular in verses 5 to 12, uh, that word wise or wisdom is used six times. And the word fool used three times, which... Uh, highlights to us uh, the, the, the theme of, of this text. Uh, now, what we need to see that is actually being contrasted here is really two kinds of wisdom. Right? Solomon is, is contrasting two types of wisdom here. Uh, one type of wisdom is the wisdom of God. Uh, the wisdom that comes from above. Heavenly wisdom. And the other sort of wisdom is the wisdom of this world. It's the the wisdom of the fool. And the difference is very apparent as we read our text. The fool who is guided by the wisdom of this world 
lives with a, sh- with a short view in sight. Right? Their, their view is very, is very short. Everything they see is, is here and now. Uh, they want uh, pleasure now. They want prosperity now. They live for the now. Uh, they likewise live in a very a proud manner. Whenever anything happens to them that discomforts them, they want to go back in time to uh, a, a better time in their life because they don't, they don't like to face trials or tribulation. But that's because they never stop to think about God and think about God's hand in, in any of what is going on in their life. Now, the wise person, right, the one who has wisdom, uh, lives with a, a long uh, view in sight. This is why they are patient in this life. They are happy to receive correction. They have no problem looking forward to the end. Uh, they can live contently in every circumstance that they find themselves in because that wisdom that comes from above helps us to see everything in the world as it is. And it helps us to, to navigate ourselves through this life. With wisdom that comes from above, we see the purpose in both the good and the evil. Right? With the wisdom that comes from above, we don't get too high or too low by things that we experience in this world. And so, Wisdom ought to be desired, uh, for there is a great advantage even to the believer in our earthly life now uh, if we have been granted this wisdom that comes from above. And so, let's look at the advantages that Solomon says this type of wisdom brings. Look at verses 5 and 6 with me again, please. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This also is vanity. So what does Solomon tell us here? Well, he tells us that wisdom listens and learns. Right? Wisdom listens and learns. It recognizes that uh, I don't know everything there is to know. Um, it acknowledges that there are other wise people in this world and around me uh, who are able to teach me something. And so the wise person does what? They, they welcome correction. Right? They welcome correction. They don't want to continue making the, the same mistake in their life again and again and again. They don't want to continue to fall into the same sin over and over and over again. Right? We should want to know when we are doing something wrong, when we are doing something sinful, when we are doing something uh, destructive to ourselves or others. But the fool, uh, oftentimes lives in such a manner that they destroy themselves, don't they? They end up losing all that they have. They end up uh, dead or in jail. Why? Because they've surrounded themselves their entire life with yes-men. Right? They've surrounded themselves with people who tell them what they want to hear, but not what they need to hear. And so, uh, they are always being encouraged to do the wrong thing and not the right thing. Right? They're never being corrected. They, they never learn any better. And so as Christians, um, unlike the fool, we ought to be concerned with truth. Right? We should want people around us who will confront us over our sin. We should understand that it's, it's vitally important for us to have these types of people in our life. Uh, we need to see them as a blessing. Right? People that would confront us over our sin are a blessing to us because... As I'm sure we all can acknowledge, our sin always isn't so clear to us. 
but perhaps it becomes more clear to others. Now, there are so many examples of this kind of uh, brotherly love shown. Uh, We can think of the prophet Nathan and David. If you remember, uh, Nathan rebukes David because he has uh, essentially murdered Uriah the Hittite and taken his wife. And when the prophet Nathan comes up to David and rebukes him, what is David's response? In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. It is because he was corrected that he's seen his sin and that he repents of it. Uh, The same thing happens in the Scripture with Jesus and Peter. Remember, he rebukes Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Uh, We'll see uh, next week in our study in uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians that that, uh, Paul rebukes Peter. And so that's what we need, though. We need to surround ourselves with wise, uh, spiritually wise, Right? Biblically sound people who love us enough uh, to correct us when what we are doing is displeasing to the Lord. And many times for Christians, we just need to be aware of it so that we might be able to, to correct it. Now, the fool, though, only wants to be praised, we see. They only want people to affirm everything that they, that they think, that they say, that they do. And isn't that what we see going on in in homes across right, this nation and, and the world. Uh, parents nowadays are, are afraid uh, to not affirm everything that their child right, says, thinks, or does. Why? Well, they don't want their children to become angry with them. Or they don't want their children to say, you know, I, I hate you. And so they simply affirm everything that they, that they desire, everything that they want to be or do, whether it's good or bad or harmful or sinful. And look what's become of so much of our, our youth today. Right? Truth can be hard to receive. It certainly can. But um, you will be grateful for it in the end. Right? You'll be grateful for it in the end. Um, think about um, the difference between poison and medicine. Uh, poison oftentimes is, is sweet to our taste buds. But what does poison do, right? Poison kills. Uh, it's medicine that's oftentimes bitter when we take it, isn't it? But it's the medicine that makes us better. It's the medicine that makes us well. And so, although we might not like to taste it initially, right, aren't we grateful for it, for the, the benefits it provides in the end? And so, in the same manner, we ought to be grateful uh, when our parents or when brothers or sisters in Christ give us the bitter truth Right? Uh, correct us when we need correcting. Rather than having people around us who will just speak sweet, poisonous, deceitful lies to our ears that will only help to ensue our, or ensure our, uh, our certain uh, destruction. And it's those lies, those words of praise, the constant laughter of fools that, that Solomon says are like thorns under a pot. We know what it's like if you've ever tried to start a fire with thorns or twigs. You know, what happens? Immediately, or pretty soon thereafter, right? the fire dies out. right? It burns out quickly. And so what Solomon is saying is that uh, for those who are fools, who refuse rebuke and correction and the wisdom that comes from above, uh, their laughter soon will die out rather quickly because they will destroy themselves 
by living in, uh, in worldly wisdom. And so I think we have to ask ourselves this evening, uh, do we see value in the correction of others? Um, do we see the value from the correction of our brothers and sisters in the Lord? Uh, we ought to. We ought to. And in particular, uh, children. Children. Uh, I ask you, do you see the value in the correction of your parents? Right? Do you see the value in the correction of your parents? Uh, know that initially, at, at first, perhaps it might be bitter to you. You might not like it. Uh, but by the grace of God, um, you will be grateful for it in the end. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter one, or chapter 12, verse 1, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Right? Pretty blunt, wasn't he? And so essentially, brothers and sisters, it, right, listen to the wise people around you. Right? God puts them there for a purpose. He puts them there for your benefit and for your good. Look with me at verses 7 and 8 now, please. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Here Solomon is, is really commending patience uh, to the wise person who is oppressed by another. Because oftentimes what happens when we are oppressed is it can drive us into madness in the sense that it can drive us to want to, 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 to do evil, right? To, to repay them what they have done to us. Uh, but we need to see that that's irrational thinking, right? If, if it wasn't for that oppression, we, we, we would never think in that manner. And so uh, we must not um, uh, return evil for evil, uh, seeing that the cause of oppression ultimately is, is the greediness of man's heart. Um, and ultimately, though, through that greed of man's heart, it destroys itself, right? Because the, it, it corrupts man's affections. It, it corrupts man's judgment. And so uh, we ought to be patient and not respond under that type, type of oppression because what results in the end is something far greater for us than for them, right? Um, you see, the fool is concerned with the here and now. That's why the fool now oppresses and takes bribes. Right? Because they have nothing to look forward to when this life ends. Right? But for you and I, we can suffer under oppression. We can suffer under affliction because we recognize that for us, the end right, far exceeds the beginning, doesn't it? In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13, Peter says, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Look at verse 9 and 10. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. So Solomon is telling us that we should not get angry and desire revenge as many, uh, as many are inclined to do uh, when we are oppressed. But instead, when we are oppressed, uh, what it ought to do is drive us uh, oftentimes into prayer for those people, right? recognizing that those who are oppressing us are destitute of the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But also when these sorts of things happen, what Solomon says we ought not to do is, is look back kind of nostalgically on better days and wish that we were there again. 
Because ultimately, when you do that, even though I know it's not our intention, is you are you are ultimately disagreeing with the providence of God. Uh, change happens for a reason. Uh, you are in a particular circumstance uh, for a reason. And so we are to submit to the Lord in every circumstance that He has placed us in. Right? It's not wisdom that desires to go back. It's not wisdom that desires to go back. Wisdom right, sees God's hand in it all and willingly acknowledges it and submits to it in every circumstance that they are placed in. Right? Seeing that ultimately... Uh, God is growing us in His grace through even these most difficult of times. Right? Growth and patience under adversity would never happen if all of our days were good days. Right? If all of our days were just blissful days that we could easily stroll through, there would be so many uh, graces that we would be lacking. But oftentimes we are thrown into these days of adversity that we might uh, be built up. Right, that we might grow in grace. And so Solomon teaches us the advantages of being wise and waiting patiently during those situations that you'd prefer not to be in. Right, he's saying, see the benefit right, that, that lies beneath it all. Right, see the benefit of, of what it is that you're going through. Walking in the pathway of wisdom is not always the easy thing to do, is it? It may not always even be the thing we want to do. Right? But Solomon tells us that this is the best way. Right? It is the best way. Look now at verses 11 and 12. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Now, we need to see that Solomon isn't saying that uh, wisdom is no good if it doesn't have an inheritance. Uh, but rather what he's saying is that an inheritance without wisdom is not something that we ought to desire. Because an inheritance without wisdom uh, can draw us into a deadly snare. Right? Think about what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. He says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires, that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the believer, right, the one who operates with, with wisdom from above, money and a, a good inheritance can be a benefit to us, can't it? Uh, because we are going to live in the world being guided in how we use that money through the wisdom of God. And so, uh, we are going to use it uh, for the benefit of our family. We are going to use it to provide food and shelter and clothing for them and, and education. We are going to, to then use it um, for the needs of the church and to help the poor and the needy in and, and, and all different kinds of, of places. We can direct our funds in, in the right and good places when we are operating with godly wisdom. Uh, this is, in fact, an example that we see in Luke chapter 8. If you remember in Luke chapter 8... Uh, we are told that there are some women who followed Jesus, who Jesus had healed and had ministered to. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. Uh, three women who he had healed. And after he had healed them, they began to follow Jesus. And we're told that out of their means, they then began to supply the needs 
uh, of Jesus and the apostles. And so we see that they were good stewards with that money. Right Out of the, the abundance of what they had, they, they gave to, to Christ and the apostles in order that they might advance the kingdom. But wisdom, right? that wisdom that comes from above, that spiritual wisdom, godly wisdom, ought to though be preferred to money and wealth. Um, because what wisdom offers to us, the protection wisdom offers, is something that money cannot buy. Right? Uh, godly wisdom preserves life. It keeps us in the way of life. It keeps us on the, on the narrow path that leads to eternal life. Which tells us that, that between the two, right, spiritual wisdom or money, right, we ought to, to labor right, far more for spiritual wisdom uh, than we do for, for earthly riches and earthly wealth. Right? Fools are, are far more concerned with money. And that money that they have right now perhaps can provide them a physical protection in this life, can't it? Right? They might be able to provide for themselves uh, some sort of, of, of security, security systems, right? people in place, all these different things that might be able to protect them bodily in this life. But it does nothing for their souls, does it? And in fact, uh, when someone is so wealthy without the wisdom that comes from above, doesn't it open them up into all sorts of entanglements and, and greater sin that they can become a part of because of uh, the, access they, the access they have to, to things because of their wealth? And as it does that, as they become more entangled into the world and as they fall deeper and deeper down into sin, what are they doing? They're simply storing up right, more and more of God's wrath. And then when He comes in the end, that, that money and all the wealth that they've made it offers them no protection right, against that great and final day. And so let us see then the excellency of, of spiritual wisdom over and above wealth. Now Solomon, in the final two verses, uh, tells the wise person where our attention is to be directed uh, so that we would uh, walk uh, uprightly in the world as we are oppressed and as we experience uh, maybe persecution or trials or tribulations in this world. Uh, look with me at verses 13 and 14. Solomon says, Consider the work of God. Who can, make, who can make straight what He has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. When we look out into the world and we see things, and we think about our own lives, maybe in difficult situations we find ourselves in. I think we oftentimes think that things are crooked. Right? Things are disordered in our life. But what Solomon is saying is, consider God in everything. Uh, consider the providence of God in everything. So that when you look at your life and your situation and you see it, disordered, or you see it crooked, understand that from God's perspective, He sees it straight and orderly. Because it's exactly how He has ordained it to be. Right? Nothing in your life happens randomly. All things have been set in motion by God. And everything is happening for a purpose. And so the wise, so long as they live in the world, on the day of prosperity, they are joyful and thankful to God 
and live in light of the reality that it is God who has brought this day to them. But also in the day of adversity, it does not change. Right? They rejoice in the Lord. They are glad, knowing that God likewise has, has brought the day of adversity to their doorstep. Right? They acknowledge Him in both. They, they see His hand in both. Isn't that what Job does in Job chapter 2? If you remember in Job chapter 2, after right, losing all that, that Job lost, right, his, his children and all of his belongings and everything he had, his wife tells him what? She says, just curse God and die. But in Job chapter 2, verse 10, what does Job say? He says, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? Right, this is a, a wise man's response. Right? Job understood that we need both days. Right? For, for our spiritual safekeeping, we need both days. Right? We need the, the day of prosperity, but we likewise right, need the day of adversity. I mean, think about it. If, if all we had was the day of prosperity... Uh, we would never see any need to fall to our knees in prayer to the Lord, uh, reaching out for, for His strength and, and, and His mercy and His helping hand. But if every day was a day of adversity, likewise, we probably wouldn't see any reason to look up to Him in thanksgiving and praise because we'd be living in, in total and utter misery. And so we need to see that that both days God gives to teach us something. Uh, the good days or the days of prosperity teach us that although we are deserving of nothing that we have, that God gives us abundantly more than, than what we ought to, to have. right? Abundantly more than what we deserve. In the bad days or the, the days of adversity, what God teaches us is that although... Uh, we ought to be punished uh, beyond what we can even imagine that God gives to us far less than what we deserve. And ultimately, brothers and sisters, this is because uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, went through a great day of adversity Himself. And that is why we are able to receive all that we receive. Christ was, was met with a great day of adversity upon the cross. And Jesus did not look nostalgically back, wishing that He uh, could escape that day. But rather, He marched forward to the cross, uh, voluntarily on our behalf, recognizing that, that that was the will of God. And that was what was best for God's people. And what resulted? What resulted? From that great day of adversity, how about a far greater day of prosperity? As afterwards Jesus is, is raised, He ascends, He is glorified with the Father, He is given a name above every name, He is granted authority over heaven and earth, it is when He returns again that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, both the wise man and the fool. And so let us remember, brothers and sisters, this day that, that God's hand is in all things. Right? He is working out His goodwill and purposes in whatever situation He has placed us in. That is what is best. 
which also means that we are to rejoice even in the days of adversity. All the while though realizing uh, that the days of adversity shall one day cease. Right? Just as it did for Jesus, it will likewise one day cease for you and I. And that day of adversity will, will give way uh, to an everlasting day of prosperity uh, that we can look forward to ahead. And so let us consider that every, that every day as we uh, see the, the great advantage then of following the path of wisdom as Solomon has shown to us, and forsaking the way of fools. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank You for uh, these wisdom sayings, this wisdom literature. Um, We pray, Lord, that as You teach us through uh, Solomon, that, Lord, You would help to Uh, cause us to consider uh, true wisdom and what it is and how it uh, benefits us in this life and why it is we ought to desire it and thirst after it and labor for it. Um, Lord, we also ask that in the same manner You would uh, show to us the foolishness of uh, clinging to the wisdom of this world. Uh, Show to us, Lord, that uh, that the short-sighted view is not uh, advantageous to us, but that rather we ought to have the, the long view in sight, uh, knowing that uh, y- through our earthly lives you are growing us, you are shaping us, uh, you are stretching us, uh, and you are uh, making us into uh, the son and daughter that you desire us to be. And so, Lord, we pray also that uh, through the the preaching of the Word and through the unveiling of these proverbial sayings that even uh, the young ones here this day would see the the need to abandon the the wisdom of this world and to to cry out to God uh, for the wisdom that is from above. For only those who have the wisdom from above can look forward to the end Um, knowing that the end will be far better for us than the beginning. So, Father, we come before You this morning asking all these things in Christ's name we pray. Amen.